everybody, and welcome to another episode of Paul and All. As always, I'm your host, Paul Casey, joined today by one of my favorite people, a recurring voice here on the Clock Shelves Podcast Network. Go ahead and reintroduce yourself, sir. Hey, yo, what's up? It's your boy, Zach. Uh, Zach Zach T. (laughs) Normally, my co-host on Wrestling Renegades hopped over here to Paul and All today because... uh, We have, thank you, by the way, for coming back on the show. Uh, We have so many conversations per week, Zach, that it was to the point where I was like, you know, we should probably sit down. And it's, it's weird. I have this thing where I feel like we have all these great conversations. Sometimes certain parts of them are being recorded. Sometimes none of them get recorded. Uh, then we just have ones in person where there's like, we had a really good, um, wrestling conversation today at work actually. And I didn't record that. And I was, I was regretting it for the rest of the day. Um, but I feel like, and it's not just you, it's with certain other people as well. I feel like every time I go to sit down with somebody, I'm actually like when it's official, you know, like the mic is on and the record button is on. I feel like we're not going to have anything to talk about. Like that's a fear of mine. I have that. I have that with writing, because like I'll be like, oh man, you know, I have like I have these ideas and stuff. I can't wait to sit down, you know, because it's usually like not even halfway through my shift at work, so it's like five or six hours until I until I get out and I'm able to do anything with these thoughts. And I sit down on my computer. And I'm like, well, where do I start? Yeah, exactly. And oh, you know what? Before I, before I continue, I do want to say um, just a little clock shelves uh, cleanup housekeeping. I do apologize to everyone for no uh, Paul and all last week. Uh, so obviously we're you know a week behind in episodes, whatever. I do have a big plan for how to make that up. And is this episode going to be two hours? No, 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 no. It's just just an hour long episode today. Um, but once we're done, I why I, not three hours? That way, you don't have to do one next week. I mean, I have no doubt that we can carry it. Well, I know for a fact we can carry three hour conversations. Um, but no, uh, I actually do. I do want to talk to you though. Once we're, I want to continue talking to you once we're we're done um, doing this episode because I want to pitch something to you and get your opinion on it because you're part of what I consider like my trusted circle, if you will, of uh, like creative people. You're somebody. Um, this is one of the things that we often talk about. We, you know, we bounce creative ideas off of each other all the time. Um, but yes, yeah, so. No new Paul and all last week, obviously. Um, there's scheduled to be lost with friends this week as well. Uh, of course, towards the end of the week, Zach and I will be doing a Wrestling Renegades for those of you who are interested in that. However, one of the things that I try, and I think you, I think like it's kind of like mutually understood between us, we almost try to not talk wrestling when you're on here anymore, you know? Because like we now have a dedicated show to that the hell is wrestling (laughs) uh so wrestling is wrestling stupid so we're moving along it is but listen to our show when we talk about it no 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 no. that's that's another zach (laughs) no i'm saying not i'm just saying you know listen because i i I, you know i want the views and all that listen to the (laughs) listen to the show i'm Uh, being told by the one man pantheon that yes you should listen to the show (laughs) uh but me currently wrestling stupid don't watch it so, uh, okay, so Zach, we have so many potential things we could talk about. You are working on some creative stuff. I am actually working on a, I've told a few people about it, and I'm not 
I'm not being closed off about it, but I'm not necessarily broadcasting it to the world, this new creative thing I'm working on, because it's something that I've never officially tried before. So I'm really excited and I don't want to, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to talk about it too much. Cause then I feel like there, I feel like I'll put too much pressure on myself. I feel like, uh, you know, if people start asking about it, I'll get disenchanted with it. But, um, so I'm working on a new creative thing. Are you working on anything creative that you would like to talk about? Uh, well, I'm working on, I'm, Let's see. I'm at various stages of development on about over a dozen things. Okay, well, let's let's go first to anybody who doesn't know, who isn't a regular listener to either the show or the episodes that you're on. Uh, you're a big video game person. So when I talk about writing or being, you know, doing creative things other than podcasting, one of the things that I do and I've done for years is write scripts, like television scripts or movie scripts, things like that. And over the course of the last, I'd say year, year and a half, I've been trying to get a movie script at least read by some some people. And the last time you were on, we talked about um, potentially putting that not not away, but like kind of on the back burner. Keep it there as like, you know, if if I find anybody that could potentially be interested, maybe uh, we still haven't yet. But, you know, checking out some some local theaters and things like that, seeing if we can get potential actors that way. But this new thing I'm working on, I think, is going to be so much easier. I think it's probably going to be one of the easiest things, not that I've ever written, but that I could ever potentially get done, especially with what I've done with clock shelves and with the friendships uh, over the last year and a half with with doing all of these shows. But when you uh, have creative things, you come from the world of wanting to develop video game concepts not the actual like coding and creating the the things of video games but but, like storylines and things like that you are slowly moving away from that now is that right uh no i've completely moved away from it okay (laughs) um as a actually as a matter of fact i'm almost lapsing as as a fan of video games as well well because and it's so unfortunate, and I mean, we could try to like recreate the whole conversation, but I, I, we both know it wouldn't be as genuine. Um, but you and I, and actually my mother was involved in the conversation as well, we actually spent like a good hour, hour and a half the one night after we were done recording a wrestling episode, uh, just talking about various things and how in 2018, when we're recording this, it's so much easier to... Uh, self-publish things now and just get things out there from, you know, any sort of creative perspective. And that's one of the reasons that, like, I started doing, like, the podcasts and things. Because even before I had the iTunes feed, I would put things up on YouTube because I was like, I just want to get stuff out there. I want to do something and just get it out there and keep myself accountable and whatever. And so... Because there's so many easy ways to do things now, it's almost impossible to... Like, there's there's a girl who used to work where we work, 
and I've exchanged uh, messages with her on Facebook and things, and she likes to write, and she was telling me about this app, and I actually have it downloaded on my phone. I've never really used it, called, like, Wattpad or something, where people just, like, they post short stories or, like, full-on novels that they've written, and I guess it's, like, this whole community of, like, authors that are whether they have they've self-published or whatever and they they all kind of like yeah you know I'll read this you read mine and you know that's basically like Twitter you know you have your your tweets and whatever your tweets are Facebook it's your post uh, Instagram is pictures things like that and I guess this is your basically your profile is not like personal things unless you want it to be a journal it's you know various stories that you've written and, you know, people can, like I said, the other people that are on there, they can go on there and they could just read. They can give you feedback, all sorts of stuff. But when you have an app that's basically dedicated just to something like that, it's almost impossible to not get something out there somehow, some way now in 2018. Uh, right. Yeah. So one of our former store managers, well, he was, he was an assistant store manager, a co-manager, uh, wrote something in the 90s, uh, a novella, and he said that he couldn't get it published when he tried it. And this is probably late 90s, early 2000s. He just could not find a publisher because he didn't have any credentials and he was never published anywhere. Um, Which is a catch-22 because if you've right, never right. been published, how do you get published? Right. Well, I guess like he, that was his first thing he was trying to get published, and it was very long. Like it was not a short story. It was it was a it was a novella. Probably more of a novel. I think it was novel sized. So they're like, this is kind of big for someone we don't know, um, who who has no credentials or anything. Um, and I you know I I told them I'm like you know with like there's Amazon. There's a lot of weird shit on Amazon that you could buy a book about like fucking dinosaur porn if you really want to. And that's just there's a whole series of dinosaur romance novels. I swear to God. Well, yeah, I mean, because Amazon, they even have it with, um, like, DVDs and things, like some certain older DVDs where they are print-on-demand, you know? So you order the, like, they don't have a where, like, you know, they have various Amazon warehouses, but there isn't a warehouse where they just have this, you know, uh, like, right here, I'm, I'm looking and I have uh, my Friends DVDs. Well, obviously, Friends is still, you know, a relatively popular show, so there's probably box sets somewhere, over, you know, in the United States or around the world where Warner Brothers, who owns Friends, they have, you know, the DVD box sets sitting in various warehouses versus an older-style show like, uh, say... I'm just using this as an example. It's not necessarily the case because it is still a popular show, but like an I Love Lucy or like the Honeymooners or something, you know, those may not be as in as in demand. So they may be more of a, a print on demand or, or, you know, publish on demand sort of thing. So if you want that, they make up the box set for you. They don't have, you know, 30,000 of them sitting in a warehouse somewhere. It's a print-on-demand thing. And I know, not even counting ebooks. I know that Amazon does that with, as I said, DVDs. They do that with novels and things like that now. I actually have a friend who, um, 
she self-published a book, and I'm not quite sure on all the details on that. My mother would know better. Um, this is the the one the thing that we actually did talk about, uh, where she has physical copies, but there's also you know you can get the ebook on Amazon, you know, or you can get like a print on demand copy from Amazon as well. Because I know the problem back in like the 90s and whatever. Back then, even if you wanted to self-publish, you had to basically pay out of pocket and you had to buy X amount of copies, like say, you know, 2000 copies, let's just say. And then it was your job. It wasn't the publisher's job. It was your job to then sell them. And basically your you have to make your money back for whatever you paid to publish them. So you have to like sell them out of the trunk of your car or go to local bookstores. Cause like a, like a Barnes and Noble isn't necessarily, they might, but they're not necessarily going to sell your thing because they have deals with the bigger publishers. But now when it comes, you know, when you have like an Amazon or whatever other, you know, things are out there that you can just have an ebook or a print on demand thing, it's so much easier. Right, yeah. So, you know, if I ever actually finish anything, it, 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 it's not like I have to get an agent and, you know, shop my, my stories around to, you know, the, the pulp magazines or whatever. I don't even know if those are still really a thing. I'm sure they are. Uh, like, the, the kind of magazines where, like, Stephen King first published his stuff, you know what I mean? Right. Well, it's funny because I know and I know you're a big Stephen King fan, but it's funny because the the you know, kind of secret project that I'm working on, it's actually um, I'm adapting the bit like literally the basic storyline from something that I was working on with you at one point. Um, uh, The Batman thing, the storyline that I had pitched to you for that, I'm basically taking that and adapting it for for this uh, thing that I'm working on. Uh, so it's a it's a detective story that I'm doing. And ironically, you had messaged me right around the same time and you had said, I'm working on a detective story. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, do, do you want to divulge any information about yours or uh, are you keep that under wraps for now? OK, so mine is um, it's. I don't want to. I don't want to say it's a ripoff. It's an homage because I don't want to. I don't want to say the. I don't want to say the particular like because you know the you know the big hook of what this is, and I don't necessarily want to give that away. But basically, I will say it's a it's an homage to Sherlock Holmes. And when we had talked uh, a long time ago about um, you know basically wanting to write, and you've actually done quite a lot of work on writing your own Batman TV series, which is, it's very good from what I, what I've read and what I remember, it's very good. And, uh, I had, I came up with kind of like a, you know, three episode arc where I was like, Oh, I would love to, to sort of do this. And I started writing it. And one of the things I was watching, like I was binging um, BBC's Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch at the time. So, and you had even said that was sort of an influence on your Batman thing. So I was like, oh, this is great. You know, it's because the, the story that I had, it was more detective, not so much super. Like, obviously, you know, because it's Batman, you have to have like some superhero fantastical type elements. 
but I was writing it more as like a detective thing. And so that's the sort of thing that I'm adapting now where I'm taking like the detective elements. And one of the recurring things in this is that actually the, the police officer who kind of, because you know, Sherlock is a, like a consulting detective or whatever. And the, the, there's a police officer or a detective who comes to our main character and basically says like, oh, I need help from the real life Sherlock Holmes. And he continually says, I hate that nickname. <laughs> like that's his, he's like, I hate that so much, <laughs> you know? You got a lampshade thing sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, and it's just, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where I know, like I said, it's, it's, it's an homage to, and really I could do a, a, a like a Sherlock Holmes story cause it's in the public domain, but I think it would be better if I made it an original and it's, it's not exactly Holmes because like he doesn't have, and I was, I was thinking about this the other day and I may have even asked you your opinion on what do you think about the concept of like a detective like that who doesn't have like a sidekick? Like there is no Watson in this story. Like Batman has, I mean, he didn't always, but Batman has Robin or whatever sidekick, you know, uh, uh, Holmes had Watson, um, even, um, what's her name? Oh, I can't remember the woman who did Agatha Christie, I think did, uh, like Hercule Perot and stuff. Like even one of one or two of her, you know, big detectives had sidekicks. So I'm wondering, do you think it could be done a detective without a sidekick? Yeah. I mean, you look at the, uh, film noir genre, not, you know, the hard boiled detectives. I don't really think they had sidekicks cause those are from like the thirties and the forties that, may have been before sidekicks were really popular. Okay. Well, I mean, then again, Holmes was what the 1800s though. So. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure all those detective stories were influenced in some capacity by Sherlock Holmes, but I'm sure there's like an old film noir movie out there where it's just like some dude by himself. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure it could be done. I mean, that's kind of what I'm doing uh, with my own story. All right. Well, I mean, I know you you actually we had talked about this uh, recently and you said you kind of stepped away from it. Do you want to talk about that or something else that you're working on? Uh, I can talk about that. Floor is yours. It is called Hard Boiled Angel. And uh, the first story is called South of Heaven. And it's not really made apparent so far. I think it's going to be revealed towards the end of the story, but... uh. This is a detective, a, like a, a, a prototypical uh, hard-boiled detective with a drinking problem and kind of a gruff demeanor. He's actually a fallen angel who is kind of – I haven't decided if he's trying to make up for the fact that he's a fallen angel or or if this is just what he's doing now. But uh, he was an angel in God's employ and, and he was stripped of his, of his angelic uh, membership. And lands in a city called Precipice, uh, which is inspired by uh, the city of Wilkes-Barre, or, or the area that we live in. Right. Where, uh, you know, Precipice was once great because of, you know, I don't know, mining or the textile industry or whatever. And that stuff moved away. And what moved in its place? It's like urban decay. Yeah. So Precipice is, and I don't think I name drop him at all in this, but I do know uh, it's currently in the grip of like a high demon or, or, or a devil, um, Zabeza. And he has these four 
uh, horsemen of the urban apocalypse. And they each represent like a, 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 a kind of a um, like an aspect of urban decay. See, now it's so interesting because and I, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before. I know I've talked about um, what uh, Gateway, which I know you, you, you know, you and I have talked about at length because you've actually been a huge uh, help on that creatively. Um, which is the uh, supernatural type TV show, kind of, sort of, loosely for legal reasons, but you know, not based, but sort of based on the the place where we work. And uh, I've done other things in the past because I'm a, and I've talked about it many times. Everybody knows I'm a huge fan of Lost. I'm a huge fan of Buffy and Angel. I'm a huge fan of Battlestar Galactica, which I know you can relate to. And just sort of, like, clearly fictional, like, you know, fantasy-type shows. But the ones that also have things that relate to real life. You know, like, Buffy's sort of thing was, like, you know, high school is hell. And, like, that was sort of the thing that that set the show, you know, that that set the show off. That's why all these weird things happen, because, like, you know, you're dealing... Like, in the one episode, it was, um, you know the 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 boyfriend who you know you sleep with them and he doesn't you know he 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 turns into a monster because he doesn't call you the next day and he you know he starts to treat you badly because he got what he wanted from you basically and there's obviously there's a twist to that but it was basically that but he, he you know he literally turned into a monster sort of thing on on Buffy you know or uh, there's a guy who uh, they basically did like a, a Jekyll Hyde thing where he was taking a, like a potion sort of thing. And he, um, you know, he could be cool and calm one minute. And then the next minute he was like in a fit of rage. And he's like, I can't believe you were talking to that guy. And the girl is just like, he was asking notes about biology. And he's just like, I don't care. You can't be talking to anyone else. And, you know, so that sort of thing. And that's sort of, I try in my writing to do that, to, to keep it sort of grounded. And I think I did, I mean, I personally, not to toot my own horn, but I think with Gateway, with the ones that I've actually written, I think I did a pretty good job with that. Um, there's other things, like I said, like I actually have a show that's um, inspired by Lost. Um, but it's interesting because over the last year, two, three years maybe, I've actually tried... And it's been, and I think we've talked. I think I've talked to you about it. How it's, I find it very, very difficult to do, where I've actually been trying to not put like fantastical elements. I've been trying to keep things grounded because I'm like, oh well, if it's if there's not like too much like CGI or special effects needed, like it would be so much easier to film and make these things. And it's funny to hear somebody else saying that they have not that. And I know you've always you know done. Uh, a lot of like fantasy type things as well but it's it's funny hearing now I'm trying trying to do things that are very like natural quote unquote normal things versus uh, you know hearing someone else pitch basically like here's my fantasy story and it's really fun to hear because it's like something that I'm not involved in at all you know, but it is, it is sort of weird because I'm like, wow, like I, you know, I do fantasy stuff too, but I'm, I'm not right now. Like it's, I'm in a weird headspace about it. 
Right. But no, I I like that. It actually uh, it does remind me the way uh, it. You know what it, yours reminds me of, uh, and I mean this as a as a compliment. Um, the Angel TV series, the Buffy spinoff, mixed with Kevin Smith's Dogma, almost. Okay. Okay. Which I know you you're not you've never seen you're not a big Kevin Smith fan or you've never seen the the Kevin Smith movies. Is that right? Uh, correct. Okay, so in Dogma, basically Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. And like Alan Rickman is in it as well. And there's a few other people who play, you know, different angels and things. Um, um, Alanis Morissette plays God, actually, by the, towards the end. Um, but uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are angels who, they're still angels, but they were sent, uh, they were cast out of heaven and they were sent to, uh, they weren't sent to hell. They were sent somewhere worse Um Wisconsin. <laughs> okay. That's how they that's the joke in the movie. And so basically they hatch a plan to basically undo the universe by proving God wrong. And so like it's a whole thing but like at one point they actually have, you know, like their their wings and stuff, but just the fact of like, you know, an angel cast out of heaven and stuff that it reminds me of that, but of course in the Angel TV series, he's you know, vampire detective and, you know, he has to like write the wrongs that he's done in life and whatever. So yeah, that's what, that's what yours. And I mean, again, I mean that as a compliment. I hope, I hope that's how you take it, but that's what it reminded oh, yeah. me of. I mean, that's not bad company to be in. Yeah. Well, especially, I mean, especially, you know, me, so you like, you know, that I do speak highly of those two things. So, you know, <laughs> very true. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so I'm working on South of heaven um, I'm predicting it's like a four or five chapter uh, story because like I, I realized that like I don't have the attention span for something really long. So I'm trying to just like, OK, a series of short stories, you know, like Hard Boiled Angel will be a continuing thing. Um, and like, as a matter of fact, Hard Boiled Angel started as a piece of background fluff and other concepts. It was a comic book uh, series. Um, okay. Yeah, it appears. I think I first coined the name of the comic strip and like the name of the angel um, and the name of the villain in uh, the domino effect, which is one of my oldest things that I've ever written. Um, probably second only to star shield. I think I started them both at the same time. Um, now, star, and then, now I know I'm sorry, really quick to interrupt you star shield. I know I've read and I don't know if I've read like the latest version, but I know I have like at least a version or two um, across my various devices and I love that one, and this is something that we talked about the last time, and I actually gave the like gave the episode title something about the details, and this is one thing that I wanted to to mention to you was how, um, and I've again, I, you know, not to rehash too much of what we talked about the last time, but you, I get so jealous of reading when you write because you write so many details, and I have never. Not never, but I'm not very good at that. And as I said the last time, you know, one of the reasons that I I don't try to write details too much is so that, um, you know, when I'm when I'm writing a role for somebody, because I I like to think in terms of like movies and and TV shows and things, uh, I don't want to pigeonhole anything. I want it to be where if, you know. If I say, you know, a, a redheaded woman 
or whatever. But then, you know, uh, uh, an African-American girl comes in to read. Like, I don't want to have it in my mind of like, no, she's, you know, like automatically like, no, she's not right. Like, I want to be sort of open minded about that. So I, I've never been really good at details. And actually with this this detective thing that I'm doing, I haven't gotten too much into the needing a lot of details part yet. But I know based off of the outline that I wrote, I'm going to need to write a whole mess. Like even just the other day, I needed to, to ask someone, I'm like, what does a man tend to carry on his person? Because like they find a they find a dead body. Obviously, he's a detective. What other people carry is not what I because like I carry things like work related, you know, so like I'm like, what is it like? What does a typical person carry on them? You know, and it's like, you know, like keys and wallet and things like that. But like I was just looking for something so that this character could like say in detail, like, you know, I found this and I found this and I found this. And normally that's just stuff that I would not write at all because I would just be like, you know, he found person, you know, like, you know, he found personal effects and like, that's what I would say. And then in the moment, if I was ever filming the scene, that's when I could just be like, okay, just give them, you know, keys, a wallet and a pen. There you go. Personal effects. But this time, uh, I, I have the character like commenting because he's like a Sherlock Holmes type, especially based off of the Benedict Cumberbatch version where, you know, he's very, very meticulous and everything. He has to like make note of every single thing. So I'm, I'm trying to get into that detail writing and I'm, I'm trying to take a page out of your book. And, and as I was saying, uh, you know, when reading your stuff, I, I get so jealous because you put so much detail and so much thought into, into everything you're doing. So I am trying, but I'm still super jealous of you. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's not really something I put a lot of effort. Usually the more effort I try to put into putting in detail, the harder it is. Like, if I'm just doing something oh, unrelated... Oh, it just comes so naturally to be so good I'm, then, huh? I'm trying to come up with a humble way of, of conveying my point. <laughs> and I don't, th- I don't think there is one. Um, I'm just really good. No. Um, no you are, just, though. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, I just wish I could, you know, finish a fucking story. That would be really helpful. So... Hardboiled Angel is like a continuing thing. Um, I, I, I have an idea of where the story's going to go. Uh, introducing certain characters, the plight of the people of Precipice, uh, otherwise known as the City of Glass. And um, I have a twist that it doesn't quite take place on our version of Earth because it, it makes mention of the Begotten Sea, which is not something that you would find on any map. Um, so I have. I have you are twist. so a fan of Stephen King. Like. <laughs> How so? Because that just sounds like the fact that it's that it's Earth, but not Earth and whatever. Well, that's not a Stephen King thing. No, I mean, but that's because I know I know what you're reading. And that very much sounds like the current thing that you're reading where it's like sort of Earth, but not Earth. And well, it's actually more inspired by a manga, uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. And uh, at one point time, I. I'm not super sure what happens, and neither are fans who read it because it's really vague and, and, and esoteric. But at one point, like, it's so far into the future that just time is cyclical, so we're just right back to where we started. But there there are differences. Okay. So, so that's sort of what I'm doing here is that this is another cycle. 
and you know of course god and his angels and and demons and stuff they're eternal and that's an eternal war that just happens over and over and over again so it takes place on earth but not the earth we would recognize i mean there are similarities i i i'm playing fast and loose with what exactly what version of noir i'm going for am i going for classic noir where it takes place in like the 30s and the 40s or like neo-noir like la confidential like like more modern you know well, that's um, that's the thing with mine. I'm I'm trying to make it so that it's not set in any particular time period. Like, there's one point because like there's certain things, and I've even found this watching like older uh, TV shows. Like at one point uh, a few years ago, I tried watching the TV series Roswell, and I really liked it. I just never got the chance to finish it because Netflix uh, it, it went off Netflix. I gotta find it's probably on Hulu or something now. Um, but at one point, like, they're trying to break into a place. Now, that show was in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. I think it was, like, 98 to, like, 02 or something, let's just say. So, but at the one point, like, they're trying to, in season one, they're trying to break into something in their school. And, you know, so-and-so is supposed to be the lookout in the car across the parking lot while the other one is, like, up on the side of the 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 building, like, on the fire escape or whatever, and I'm just and like they the the one in the car the lookout sees somebody pulling in and they're just sitting in their car like oh no I hope the you know I hope they see this they got to get out of there and for a brief second I'm thinking just call him just text him and then I'm like oh wait it's 1998 or 99 or whatever they didn't have cell phones then you know so it's very and I'm I'm sure you're probably having this as well where it's probably difficult to just not say like, and then he pulls out his cell phone and sends a text message or something, you know? (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what time period it's going to be in, or if it's going to be in a pastiche of time periods. Um, like I make mention of the war, you know, capitalized. So that could be any war, you know, but, um, I guess I'm taking inspiration there from Batman the Animated Series, um, which is for you know it's the perennial Batman cartoon. If you say you're watching the Batman cartoon, that's what you're that's what you're probably talking about. The good um, one, yeah. The good one, right? And that took place in like a very 30s, uh, 40s type of setting, but there were computers and robots, so it was sort of like, what if technology advanced, but like the culture didn't, kind of deal. Yeah. So I mean I might have him pull out a cell phone I don't know but uh, I'm 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 still trying to get my wrap my head around exactly what kind of world I'm I'm dealing with here. Well yeah that's that's the thing is like for like I said for mine I'm I'm you know like I, again I was saying about like personal effects and it's like well now it would be cell phone but I don't have the cell and like even at one point in the in the story there's a you know like there's a robbery or maybe two or three um, and it's like. I figure it's going to come up at some point from somebody who's consuming this by saying like, well, why don't they just watch the video, like the security footage? And it's like, I'm trying to, to do this in a way where you don't ask that question because I don't want you to think it's, you know, it takes place in 2018 or I don't want it necessarily said it takes place in the 30s or 40s. Like I'm trying to make things vague yet specific at the same time. You it's know? difficult to pull off. It is. It really is. <laughs> yeah. 
And, uh, you know, what's funny is about, like, cell phones and writing stories and stuff. You see it in horror movies a lot where, like, okay, so they're in a situation and they could dial 911 because they have a cell phone in their pocket. Okay, there's some sort of they're, – they're just interference or something. Like, they have no signal. Like, it's just, like – There's too many contrived ways now because they right. still – Right. It's usually kind of – it's lazy writing. Yeah. Because that classic – I have classic... rarely seen a cl- like, a, like a clever way of saying – my cell phone doesn't work. Yeah, because there has to be, in a horror movie, there has to be that classic thing of they, it's them and the killer. But with the, with the advancement in technology, you can't have that anymore. So like you said, there is lazy writing where all of a sudden it's, you know, oh, you know, my cell phone is broken or the towers are down or the satellites are down or whatever. Not the towers really exist anymore, but you know what I mean. But you know what I mean? Like the, all these things are, are down and suddenly I don't have cell phone service until 10 minutes after the killer has been thwarted and I'm getting calls from everybody going, hey, are you okay? And it's like, oh, suddenly the satellites are working again. So my cell phone's working again. Come on now. Yeah, that's um, that's why it seems like a lot of horror movies are becoming period pieces. Yeah, they're just like they'd rather just set it in like before cell phones were a thing, like uh, like the Conjuring series. That's like a, a big thing in Hollywood now. And um, I saw the first movie that that was pretty good, and they've all kind of gotten worse. But um, isn't that normally the case with horror movies, or really and like lots? Well. Friday the 13th Part 3 is the best one, but after that, they all got shittier. So, in a way, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they're really bad. Uh, Jason Goes to Hell is the worst movie ever made. Um, Wasn't he in... Because I've never I've never been a big fan of the of the Jason movies. Wasn't he, like, in space and sent oh, into okay. the future well, the at one point? One. That's the best one. That's Jason X, and it's stupid as hell. He becomes a cyborg thanks to nanomachines. Of course he does. It's stupid and dumb, and you just... it's It's okay. It's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Do they play it for like campiness or do they try to play it yeah. serious? No, they're, they, they know that they were a joke. Okay. Yeah, no, they did not. I, I'm pretty sure they, they lampshaded it. It's been a couple years, uh, like a couple years ago, like during the month of October, I watched them all, but I don't remember exactly. Um, Speaking of horror movies, are you a fan of Halloween, the Halloween series? And did you, did you see about the new one? What do you think about that? Uh, I haven't seen anything like a trailer or anything about about it, but uh, I, I think it ignores all the sequels. Even Halloween Two, which is my favorite. Even yes, even Halloween Two, it ignores it, which is one that that's other than three, which has nothing to do with anything. That Halloween Two is the only other one that John Carpenter worked on, and they're ignoring that as well. Yeah, I don't like that, but. They're getting away from, like, the Curse of Thorn when they try to make, like, a mystical reason why Michael Myers was invincible, um, which they kind of couldn't go all the way in because Donald Pleasance died. And from what I understand, because 2 establishes that they are siblings, which Carpenter said he never was a fan of. He just kind of had to do it because he was getting paid a lot of money. I guess that's not going to be the case because if they're ignoring that movie, they said there's going to be like references and like allusions to the other movies. So like fans, you know, if you know, you know, and if you don't, it's not a big deal. But the sibling aspect is going to be taken away. It's for some reason, just like in the original one, he is just 
trying to murder her for whatever reason. That's kind of stupid, because the sibling thing added context. But, uh... Here, so, you know, uh, it can't be any worse than Rob Zombies, so. I never saw the second one. I saw the first one in theaters. I actually kind of liked that one, the Rob Zombie I think one. Rob Zombie is an abysmal director. I love his music. Well, yeah, his I music's hate, great. Yeah, as a solo artist, I, I even, like, got into White Zombie. They're pretty good, or at least their later stuff is. Yeah. They're more noise rock at first. Well, yeah, because White Zombie is more what... Like, the the later is more kind of what he just stuck with when he went solo anyway. Pretty much. Like, their later stuff and, and his solo stuff, there's, like, no difference at all. But, yeah. uh, but no, I, I don't really like him as a director. Um, well, he doesn't – it's it's not – he I mean, he, he – I can see what he's going for. He's going for, like, the 70s B-movie exploitation yeah. thing. Yeah, his – And he, his, he nails it. But yeah. that's just not – it's just not my bag, I guess. Well, it's not really like, – I, I mean, if I watch, like, those actual movies, I'm like, okay, this is whatever. You know what I mean? But for some reason, I don't know. I think he – I think he does very good homages to it. And it's just one of those things where – maybe we talked about this in, the like, the last time you were on. I have the feeling we've talked about just this concept in general, and I know I've talked about it with other people. It's very much – kind of turn your brain off material like devil's rejects and uh uh house of a thousand corpses um i even watched he didn't direct it but he was like a he like it was his thing the haunted world of el superbisto the uh lucha libre cartoon thing um like that's it's very much just like turn off your brain and just watch it if you're, in, I mean, if you're into it, obviously, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how I look at it. I don't look at it as like, I'm going to be very critical about this, or this is the movie that I'm going to, I'm going to go into work talking about tomorrow or whatever. Like I may say like, yeah, I watched it, but I'm not going to be like, oh my God, everybody, you have to see this, this movie, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. It can't get any worse for me than, than, than the Halloween, uh, that, that, uh, that Rob Zombie made. Um, and Jamie Lee Curtis is back, so it must have been a pretty good script if if she wanted to be involved. Yeah, the girl who, because if I remember, because I've only ever watched them through, I think, twice all the Halloweens. And actually, the one that has, like, Busta Rhymes or whatever, I've actually only seen parts of. That's, the That's s- fine. <laughs> um, but I, if I remember correctly, it's one and two. Then three, because three I've actually haven't seen because I'm like, well, if it doesn't have Michael Myers, no. like I don't really care. It's it's garbage. I've heard it's I've heard it's good if you don't think about it in the context of the Halloween movies. Like as a as a movie, a horror movie, it's Maybe. like okay. But... but you know what's funny is that like you know the month of uh, October AMC plays classic horror movies, and like they'll do Halloween marathons, and the one that they always omit is three. Well, yeah, they don't it even have show any... it. Yeah, because it doesn't have anything to do with it. Right, because I guess Halloween, uh, when it first started, was supposed to be more of a like an American horror story type of deal, like a like a, a new thing every movie. But then, like the third movie, everyone was like, "Where the hell's Michael Myers?" So right. They just kind of. St- that's why the fourth one's the return of Michael Myers in the name. They wanted you to know. Well, that's because that's John Carpenter was involved in the third one because that's what he wanted. Like you said, like American Horror Story, where it's you know different every time, but people didn't like that. But uh, yeah, so it's like one and two, and then. Four, five, and six shoot off from two, 
But then H2O and whatever, the Busta Rhymes one, they are like a separate thing. Like they completely ignore the other ones. Because in 4, 5, and 6, Laurie has, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Laurie, has been like missing or she's dead or whatever. And it's all about her daughter. But then in H2O and the other one, she has a son, and she's just been in hiding for for twenty years. And also she... in one of those uh, movies with her daughter, I think it starts with Michael Myers like going into the sanitarium that she's been in and just kills her. Okay, so so that's in probably... one continuity, she's dead. Yeah, and uh, I don't remember where I was going with that. The other, like H2O and, and the, the one in the house with Busta Rhymes. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, that's what I was going to say was I guess the girl who was actually – she was in the Rob Zombie one. She played one of Lori's friends, um, actress. Her name is uh, Danielle Harris. She she was on Boy Meets World, I believe, for a little, for like one, maybe two episodes as well. But she's very good actress. She's been in you know a bunch of different things. Um, but she, I guess – uh, offered to come back and play Lori's daughter because she's like, well, technically I did that. So like, if you want to kind of sort of connect it to the other ones, she's like, I would love to come back to the franchise. And John Carpenter was like, you know, thank you, but no, basically. <laughs> right. So I was like, oh, well, all right, you know, whatever. <laughs> Horror movies in general are kind of a mess, but uh, I, tried... I think where we got where we got on this was The Conjuring. They're all in the seventies, so there's no cell phones. That was where I was going with that. Yeah, I tried writing a horror movie once, couldn't do it. Just couldn't couldn't figure it out. I like them. Same with comedy. I think I like to think that I'm a, a relatively funny person. I cannot write funny. Can't do it. Yeah, I guess it's an acquired talent. I don't think I could. And that's the thing is like you're you're very funny. Like you're probably one of the funniest people that I know like personally. It's just I don't know. I've never, you know, like I know I've read things that you've written where there's like like you know, like one-liners, like quips and things, but like that's what I can like I can formulate I can get to the point where somebody ha- like I could set up to the point where somebody has like a, a like a, a sarcastic one-liner but i can't necessarily do like set up set up joke set up set up joke like i could not write like an episode of friends or like the office or something even even if i wanted to and i love those shows couldn't do it though yeah i don't know it's it's beyond us i guess uh switching topics though zach speaking of of funny things however i have this article that uh I found the other day, I read it to a few people at work, and I would love, if you don't mind, because sometimes I do this on the show, I would love to get your take on it. Okay. Okay. Uh, This is from uh, The Daily Wire, which is a relatively, well, it's not relatively, it's a conservative news website, but they report just all sorts of news, and they sort of just point out, like, you know, they, they pull a bunch of wire stories. Now, this one has absolutely no leaning politically one way or the other this is just basically here's a dumb thing that happened okay sure uh written by hank barian uh published july 18th okay 
Here's the headline because this is what caught me. You want to talk? You know, we, we've I think we've talked at least off mic for sure about like the concept of like clickbait and things. This is a clickbait title if I ever heard one. Man asks woman out on date, steals her car, then things get even weirder. <laughs> uh, last Saturday, of course, this is you know week or two ago last saturday a memphis woman got one load of rude surprises when she went on a date with a man she knew from high school first he was dropped off at her place because he had no car next they took her car only to wind up at a gas station where he asked her to go inside and get a cigar for him then when she came out the car was gone because he had stolen it And that wasn't even the worst surprise. The man took her car to go on another date with her god sister. Um, that guy's got swag. (laughs) Faith Pugh said she hadn't communicated very much with Kelton Griffin after high school, but said, quote, he just out of the blue texted me and asked me to go out, unquote. Uh, She said, I don't know who dropped him off. He just got dropped off. After they took off in Pew's black Volvo, Griffin said he couldn't decide where to go. They finally stopped at an airport area gas station. Pew said he asked me if I could go into the gas station for him to get a cigar. Pew said he drove off. I came outside and my car was gone. After Pew- Wait, hold on. He's, he has no swag. He's, he's smoking gas station cigars. What a fucking... What, that's, that's the scummiest thing about this whole news article. <laughs> that's, that- that's, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> After Pew's mother picked her up, Pew was texted by her god sister, alerting her that Griffin had asked her out. Pew responded, I said, okay, well, send me the address to where you at, and I'm on my way. Tell him to come on. Utilizing the GPS on her god sister's phone, Pew said her mother ultimately, fa- her and her mother, uh, ultimately found him and her, uh, him and her god sister at a drive-in movie theater. Pew said he let her drive, so she drove him to the drive-in. He didn't even have any money. She actually paid their way to get into the drive-in just so I could get my car back. Police arrested Griffin, and Pew asserted, I hope he's in jail for a long time. I never want to speak to him ever again. Yeah, we'll be back together right now. I read this to someone at. I read this to a few people at work, and someone at work said, "Paul, these are the kinds of women you need to meet." <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> Not living in Memphis, apparently. <laughs> That's almost like a Florida man title, like a like a Florida man article. You know what I mean? Oh, I absolutely do. Uh, my buddy Jake, who's who's a recurring guest on this show, he and I we tend to read certain things, and there's always Florida ones. There was one a few weeks Florida ago. Florida man assaults gators, steals golf clubs. Like what? Yeah, there was one a few weeks ago where it was a it was one in Wilkesbury, our local area, where it was a guy like breaking into homes with like a shotgun, a Bible, and like a thing of salt. And I'm just like, we should just take Wilkesbury and just move it, like lift the whole city via helicopter and just move it down to Florida. With the weird news stories that happen, you know? Yeah. Um, man, that, that like fake weed is a hell of a drug, isn't it? <laughs> I'm assuming that's what that, uh, I mean, that or like he's, he watched way too much Supernatural. Yeah, probably. 
one final thing, because I've been actually wanting to do this one for, unless we had more uh, creative talk. Did we have more things we wanted to say creatively, or did we kind of want to keep the rest of what we're doing under wraps for right now? Um, I would like to keep my stuff under wraps until I can actually get a handle on what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> okay. The one thing I'm, I'm I will... I'm working s- on a couple things. A uh, couple things. But. The one thing I will say, and I've encouraged you this many times, finish a story. And I admit I have the same problem myself, but finish one. Well, let's see. Let's see what I'm working on. I'm working on Dichotomy of a Dream, Dust and Glass, Life After Death and the War Between the Two, Hard Boiled Angel Number One, Husk, I'm Converting Starfall and Supernauts into Stories, The Next Great American Tragedy, uh, let's see, Opening Up Infinite Heaven, which is its own sub-universe, uh, Edge Watch, Shadow Mind, The Man Upstairs, and The Wheel Churns the Sea. Okay, people who are listening to this, let us know your thoughts on these titles, because Zach goes all in on some of these titles, let me tell you. Normally I'd go hashtag all in, but it's wrong show. Yeah. Uh, but he's he goes, like, hardcore on some of these titles. I cannot come... Like, like, I, like the one, again, Gateway, just because I was like, well, there's a gateway to hell, so Gateway. And it also has also, to... Also, we work in a place that may or may not be called that. Yes. Uh, but, you know, and then I thought, like, the other title for that potentially was I'll Be Damned, A-I-S-L-E, like a, you know, like a grocery store aisle. But everybody's like, oh, you can't have the word... You won't be able to have the word damn in your in your you know, TV title. Uh, but like, I'm looking here, like literally at the, at the movies and stuff that I, and TV series, vampire diaries. Cause they're vampires and they wrote in diaries fringe. Cause it was about fringe science. Uh, even films underworld. Cause they're, you know, like underworld type creatures, the ugly truth, because it's about good-looking people and things they don't want to hear. Like, but yet you're just like, dichotomy of a dream, and like, all this other stuff. <laughs> Makes me laugh. <laughs> um, I also, I, I have, a, he used to be a comic book character I drew and wrote in middle school, The Phantasm. Um, I've written, let's isn't see. That the, isn't that What's-Her-Face from uh, Game of Thrones' character in um, Star Wars now? Phantasm? Uh, no, it's Captain Phasma. Oh, okay. And I think what she's What the hell dead. is Phantasm? Uh, Phantasm is a series of horror movies, and there was a Batman movie called Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Yep, the Batman But thing. as far as I understand, they have no copyright on that because it's kind of a vague, vague term. Yeah. Um, but I've written, let's see, A Deal Goes South, Appreciation for the Classics, uh, The Ballad of Hanover, and I'm in the middle of working on both Black and White and The Bruiser from Bristol. So I have like five or six, like they're they're pretty small stories, but uh, they're like I'm also working on The Phantasm. And The Phantasm is supposed to be the gateway to, uh, not to co-opt your term, uh, but the gateway to a, I guess it's not really a comic book universe anymore, but a, a universe of superheroes called Frankenhouse, uh, not comics, I guess, but Frankenhouse. I actually, that's another one I tried writing once. Um, I got about, uh, I wrote the the whole outline, but then when the actual scripting, it came to the scripting, I was, I ran into a bit of an issue. I tried writing a short comic book thing, going back to um, what we were talking about before with um, like, you know, uh, not wanting to, like trying to write more realistic things for me. Uh, 
it was like I was like, oh, well, you know, I can write it relatively realistic and I can I can make it. And I can put it up on on YouTube or whatever. But just the more the outline was very, very basic. I was like, yes, I can I can make this, you know, like, yeah, OK, there's one point where like, oh, you kind of sort of maybe see like part of a city getting like destroyed, but not really. I'm like, I could actually do that pretty easily. But then as I just kept like actually writing the script, I'm like, this is getting out of like the, you know, this is getting way, way too, way too big budget now for like what would end up being like a, a 10, 15, 20 minute short on YouTube with no budget. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the, the phantasm thing, it's sort of uh he's the first character. He's actually probably the first character I ever created. Uh, because, like, you know, he shares a name with a Batman villain, but they are not related at all. Right. Um, you know, he's got kind of his own thing going on. He's got, like, a dichotomy of his personality, which is kind of a thing that I, I do a lot. Um, but there's also, there's other uh, heroes in this in this world. Uh, God, what do I call it? Blasted Earth is, is kind of the name of the world. Ooh, I like because that. Because it's, it's a post-World War III scenario. And my my thought process was... What kind of world would people live in where people are like, I'm going to put on a mask and I'm going to del- I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do justice on the streets. Watchmen. Because like. Sure. Watchmen's a little bit more realistic. Uh, but then you look at like DC or Marvel and it's just like, well, that's just our universe. But like these these, these people are superheroes. Like, I'm like, what realistically would happen in the world where that would happen? So like World War Three uh, governments are corrupt and inefficient and you have mega corporations that have supernatural authority they are basically their own governing bodies considering the place we work for zach are we currently in world war three uh well this is after world war three so maybe we're after world war three but um because think about again not to not to get too much and i know we we try not to talk too much about it on Mike. think about the some of the things and we, we we keep it very vague. If people want to dive in and figure out, they, they can, but we don't ever name it. Well, uh, think about some of the things that our company does and gets away with. It They seem, in certain instances, to try to be above the law. Yeah, it seems that way. So I wonder, this is very, and you know, g- corrupt governments and all that. Are we living in your, in your blasted earth realm? Well... Well, there's also, uh, let's see, there was the an outbreak of uh, kind of a plague, which created one of two things, either a transient, which are basically zombified ghouls, um, or aberrations, which uh, they develop powers. So sort of like mutants uh, from like, uh, you know, the Marvel comics. Okay. Well, as far as I know, that part hasn't happened yet. Well, no. Well, it could be kept under, under wraps by the government. It's very possible. But uh, actually in... I think it's either story three or five. Well, I guess four or five. It doesn't really matter. The The order of the phantasm stories don't really matter thus far. Uh, but he meets an aberration who has basically like a supernatural healing factor. So like phantasms used to just fight in regular dudes and he has these twin wrist blades and he's just like just slashes the guy in the throat and like it doesn't take him down. It's like, what the fuck am I? What, what am I even? What am I up against? Um. And I think his name is Rocky Road. It's just sort of this assassin's nickname. He's Ice Cream. Well, if you're fighting him, you're on a Rocky Road. Sure. Ice Cream. 
Because he's because he's sweet at what he does. Uh, I don't know. I just <laughs> a rocky road. Immediately, I'm I'm a fat person. I immediately th- go to ice cream. <laughs> I don't remember Rocky Road. Yeah, I do call him Rocky Road. <laughs> huh? He has he has a full name. I forget. He's a, he's an Englishman. Bruiser from Bristol. So he's from Bristol, huh? But uh, yeah, so you have aberrations. You have transients. Um, there is a worldwide peacekeeping organization whose name i have not settled on yet but their top uh agent is uh codenamed keystone and he's sort of he's sort of the superman to phantasm's batman he's the moral compass he is the other side of the spectrum and i i do plan on them teaming up at one point but it's just like man the the foundation the the groundwork i have to lay to get there is just mind-bending um I would they, not they mind reading all, these, by the way. If they you... all team up, they all team up, and 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 uh, what's it called? Castle Epsilon is the name of their um, team, and they fight the Panther, who is I, I describe him as the Walt Disney of crime. Interesting. And you know, there's a whole revolt against people wearing masks, and like the governments, like the people turn against the heroes. I have this. This is going to take me like thirty years to just lay out the groundwork for it. It's ridiculous. I would not mind reading some of these if you if you wouldn't mind sending them over. Yeah, I mean, I have all the completed phantasm stories in one document. It's part of what I sent to a college that I applied to. Right. So, you know, they're already collated. So, um, we are actually just about at our time. But, however, since, as I said, you know, we didn't do a show last week. We're not going to go two hours. But if you have a few extra minutes, Zach, I have a, a thing that I've been trying to do with certain guests. Uh uh, a, a question and answer thing. I'm calling it PNA Q&A. Just to get to know people a little bit better. And I mean, I think I know you pretty well, but just so that like the listeners can get to know P, uh, some of the guests as well, if you don't mind. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to ask some just random questions, okay? I have I have them here, so I'm, I'm going to be just browsing through. Uh, what is your favorite holiday? Uh, probably Halloween. Okay. Do you remember, or should I say, who was your first kiss? Uh, my first girlfriend. How old were you? If you don't mind. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. I'm, I'm doing the math. Uh, I was 16. Okay. Uh, let's see. Did you ever use AIM? No. Okay. Who is the last person you texted? Uh, my friend Maria. Okay. What would your friends and family say is your biggest talent? Uh, imagination. Ooh, nice. Uh, I know the answer to this one, but I'm going to ask because I, I figure you, you'll probably go on like a thing about it. Do you put emojis next to the names in your contacts? Uh, no, I do not. <laughs> uh, what because is, you know what? Here's there the it is. <laughs> Here's the thing, Paul. All right, we are not the ancient Egyptians, okay? The fact that people communicate through pictures, that's going backwards, okay? I'm a forward thinker, all right? I walk forwards, not backwards. Walk like an Egyptian. No, because they walk backwards. Do you see the problem? (laughs) That's going to be my campaign slogan. I walk forwards, not backwards. Bam! Elect me. What is your favorite current social media platform? Ah. I don't. I hate them all. 
Okay. Like, like you know, Facebook is just like a lot of like people sharing fake news that it takes like five seconds to determine whether or not it's valid or not. And Twitter is just I found it's just a bunch of echo chambers shouting at each other. Twitter is my personal favorite. I love that. I've loved that for a long time. I was on Twitter, uh, I'd say probably a year or two after it was founded. Um, you cool know, guy. huh? Uh, I guess you're a cool guy, huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a hipster, you know. Oh, hey, Zach, here's a here's a joke question for you. How much does a hipster weigh? Uh, can you weigh someone in craft beer? Well, the answer is about an Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? To answer your question, probably Twitter, because I can kind of ignore the echo chambers and kind of it's a more direct line to follow, like various uh, wrestlers or whomever. And um, and and your family isn't on there. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I know that's one of the reasons that I like it because not because people are. So, and I mean, I don't understand how people don't understand it because, in my opinion, it's incredibly easy. And what Facebook tried doing a few years ago, Twitter has been doing pretty much since the start. So I'm like, how do you not understand it? But when people, when certain people are like, oh, I don't understand it, I'm like, that's okay. You can stay away from it. That's perfectly fine. Right. I mean, it's just like there's nothing to do on there except follow people and shout into the ether. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do you have any tattoos? Not yet. Fiction or nonfiction? Uh, nonfiction. Um, let's see. Do you know how to play an instrument? No. Who was your childhood best friend? Uh, my friend Asher. Do you still keep in contact? We're friends on Facebook. So no. <laughs> what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Uh, don't take the money. Get out as soon as you can. Uh, I like that one. <laughs> Not that I followed it. Right. <laughs> well, I kind of helped push you in the direction to not follow it. Sorry. Who is your celebrity crush? Oh, my God. Emma Stone. Good answer. Have you ever met a celebrity? Uh, I have several mirrors in my home. Oh, uh-huh. uh, let's see. What is your number one deal breaker when it comes to relationships? You got to be self-sufficient. Like, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, I'm talking I do. About, yes, you know who I'm talking about. If you're fucking dependent on me or anybody for like, you know, if you can't, if you don't have a job or you don't, you don't drive or have any initiative to do <clears> so, <throat> any initiative <laughs> to do so, that's a deal breaker. Like, Jesus Christ, like. Live your fucking life, bro. Also, also, okay, and I'm speaking directly to this person now. Should they be listening? I'm sure they're not. If I'm gone at work all day, don't wait for me to come home to eat, you stupid bitch, okay? <laughs> Make yourself some fucking lunch. <laughs> don't be like, wow, welcome home after your nine-hour day. Make me dinner. What? Make me dinner, bitch. You know, I have more questions. I can't think of a better way to end it, though. I think that's, I think that's the best way to end it. Zach, where can they find you on social media? I can be found 
stewing in my own anger on Twitter at one man pantheon. Spell out the word one. <laughs> and of course, clock shelves on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, like us on Facebook. We're we're only about five away from a hundred likes, so that'd be pretty cool if we could get to that. Uh, Zach, thank you so much for sitting down with me. I'm glad we got to do this, and I'm glad we were able to have it go a little over an hour. Actually, it was it was nice because again, like I said at the beginning, I'm always kind of hesitant that it'll be able to happen. Well, like, look, here's the thing. If you ever want to do like a three or four hour episode, just get me get me going about that X, okay? I could talk. We could do a five part series on this bitch. All right. Believe me, I know we've had plenty of conversations. I could get her family on it too. It's just like, oh, let's go right now to her sister in law. <laughs> what do you have to say? Fuck her. Yeah, me too. All right, back to me. If any of you would like to hear that, let us know via social media. Other than that, there is no better way to end it. So. I will just end it after this sentence. Mm-hmm.